welcome back guys. Um, today is going to be absolutely amazing and nothing short of it. Um, today is actually going to be week one of the new in all of this and it's actually the Bible study over discipleship that's called It's Bigger Than You. It's Bigger Than You. What is bigger than you? And that's what we're going to spend these eight weeks finding out. You know, when all of this got started and all of this got laid on my heart, even before the Impact Over Influence name for the ministry in a sense, it was all geared around discipleship and the heart that I have for discipleship and how I wouldn't be where I am today in my walk with Christ without women and men in my life that were discipling me. And so we're going to learn in these eight weeks that we're all called to be disciples. And the purpose of being a believer in Jesus Christ you know, what is that? How come once we receive salvation and know Christ, why don't we just immediately go to heaven? You know, we're left here to do some things and it matters and you matter. And your relationship with him is meant to draw others near to him. And so we're going to spend and we're going to dive into so many different topics, guys. Eight, eight different ones. And it's truly going to blow your mind the same way. I'm praying that it, that it blew mine. You know, um, this study and when all of this was kind of laid on my heart, it really encouraged me to evolve in being something different. You know, being a believer in Christ is one thing, but being a disciple of Him is something totally different. And so that's, that's what this is all going to be about. And I feel like once I, once I let Him come in and do the, the changing and the molding, it actually produced something so much greater than what I even thought it ever could. And it still is because that's what He does. He, he just keeps evolving and keeps evolving us. And so this study is going to be able to put you in that position. And, and I'm growing in, in the midst of it all too, right? By doing all this with you guys. And so the first week and first thing that we're going to talk about, this title is called On the Rock. And, um, you know, I think about like past years of my life and I'm like ordering a drink and I'm like on the rocks, you know, or someone asks you how something's going. You're like, I don't know. It's a little rocky. But this right here is going to be all, all centered around the rock. What is the rock in our lives? What is the foundation of that? Because we need confidence through Christ, guys, to get comfortable with all this stuff. Being a Christian can't be um, something that we, we push away and we stay away from. It can't be something that we um, place on other people and be like, you know what? I'm just going to invite you to church. I'll let the preacher do his thing. Like, I I'm out. Like, we need to get in that zone. We need to be comfortable with leading people to Him and drawing others to Him and living our life in a way that is according to His will and His word. That's the whole purpose of all of this, is what are we supposed to do to draw other people to Jesus? Because we can't save them. We've established that, right? These first three weeks of this beginning Bible study and the days that we've spent, you know, figuring out the cameras, figuring out the programs, figuring out the podcast, getting on all the, the platforms and you know, reaching all those avenues was great, but now this is what the purpose of all of this starting was. And it's, it's bigger than you. It's bigger than me. And the reason why it's bigger than us is because it's orchestrated by God Almighty to draw so many people that don't know Him to Him. So, you ready, set, go. Um, whenever I say the word disciple, guys, like, what do y'all think of? Like, disciple. I feel like that's such a churchy word. Like, no one ever, you don't hear anything... I never hear, anyway, the word disciple much if it's not centered around the Bible or Jesus or something. And I feel like we're like, oh, yeah, the disciples, Jesus had 12 disciples. Or people say apostles. Like, I feel like that's a real churchy word, you know. What what do those words mean? What are they? Or saints or, you know, like those really, those words that we only use in certain settings. 
But um, disciple and discipleship and discipling, these are words that we're going to become really comfortable with because we're going to understand that they, they go with who we are as people and the necessity of what that is. Um, so I just want you to think of that. But while you are, the word disciple, what it means is to be a follower of a teacher. So when Jesus was on earth, and we're going to talk a little bit today about the first disciples that he had. He had 12 that went with him on his day-to-day ministry, right? They traveled with him, ate with him, drank with him, all the things. They saw him perform miracles, and then they performed miracles also. But it didn't just stop with those 12. It didn't just stop there. And so as these weeks go on, y'all, we're going to really dive into all of all about them. You know, we're, we're going to really evaluate the differences in the disciples that he actually picked to be with him and what we're supposed to do as disciples of him. Um, but I think about being a follower of a teacher who is our teacher. Being a Christian, Jesus is our teacher, right? So think about people that have taught you some things. You know, I think about like my teachers. What, what do we do? When we go to school, we, we learn. We're taught by them things that we don't already know. A teacher is not teaching you something that you already know. That's the whole purpose of going to school, right? And graduating. When you graduate 12th grade, you have a lot more knowledge than you do whenever you start in kindergarten, right? Your maturity is totally different. Your physical changes are even different in those times. Um, what does your teacher do to you? They spend a lot of time with you. What do they teach us? You know, we study when we go to school. We have homework when we go to school. Same thing with Jesus Christ, y'all. This book right here, that's what we're supposed to study. Our homework is how we implement everything that we're studying. How it's affecting us. What we're doing with it, you know? There's no reason to learn things if we're never going to, going to apply them. Um, but one thing about Jesus and him being our teacher that to me is super relieving and promising is that I'm never going to know what he knows, do what he did, or be who he is. Okay, so that takes a ton of pressure off, right? Because the goal of being a follower of Jesus and him teaching us is that we, we understand that it's about progress, not perfection. Because if we can ever establish the fact that we can be perfect, we, will, we don't need him and we'd be worshiping ourselves. So that's one good thing. Like we're never going to get it. But, but why even try? Like, you know what? I'm never going to be able to be that way. Like, what's the point? What the point is, is understanding that he has saved us, what he has saved us from, and the fact that we want others that we love to be able to be saved by him too. So on the rock, what is a rock? A rock is hard, right? It's, it's sturdy. It's, it's, I mean, if it's a big rock and it's more like a boulder, it's even unmovable, right? A rock is not pliable. You cannot twist it. You cannot press into it, but it's, it's just sturdy. It's there. It's, it's bold. It's something that, um, I mean, it can be used as a weapon. You know, a rock is, is, is something that is extremely sturdy. Um, but the thing is that a rock doesn't give, it doesn't change or anything, but Whenever we talk about our faith being on a rock, and we're about to read some scripture real quick, but I want you to understand the whole reason that our faith has to be on the rock, built on something that is sturdy, is because we can't share something we do not know. That's why being a follower of him as a teacher, that's why it matters that we study and we apply these things in our life. Because you can't share, no one is going to ask you something that they don't see you living. No one is going to go, I say this all the time, like no one's going to go to a broke person and ask them for financial advice. You're just not going to. You're not going to go to someone who lives in New York City and ask them what kind of fly fishing equipment they use. You see what I'm saying? Like what you see in people is what you're going to gravitate to and you're what you're going to learn from them. So we know Jesus is perfect. He's perfection. Why would we want to learn from that, right? He is ultimate peace. 
but you need to know about him and what he did in order to be able to share those things. So the first scripture I'm going to read real quick is in Matthew 7:24. I'm going to start there and read all the way through third, all the way through 27. And what this is about is Jesus is speaking. So the letters are in red and he's speaking to them about what they need to build their house on. Okay. So let's all think about while I'm reading this, y'all think about foundation. Okay. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against the house, yet it did not fall, because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain came down, and the streams rose, and the wind blew and beat against his house, and it fell with a great crash. Okay, so what he's saying is who's implementing his word? Whoever is applying the word of God that's what's built on the rock. But it says whoever hears it and doesn't put it into action is a foolish man. So I ask you, how many years have we sat in church and heard the word of God but didn't apply it to our lives? Were we built on the rock then in those days? Absolutely not. You want to know why? Because whenever our marriages crash, our kids act up and we blame everybody or or whatever, what our finances get, for, you know, like we literally look at all the circumstances in our life and we're like, well, where's God? Well, are we implementing his word? Are we implementing his word? Are we allowing him in our lives to change us and transform us, which is what all of this has been about? That way we are built on the rock because it says that when everything comes, we still have peace. We still have self-control. We still have patience and all the other things that knowing Jesus and studying him pours into us. That's the whole goal is to be built on our rock and he is our rock. He does not change. He is not pliable. Um, Hebrews 13, 8, it says that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. You know, we talked We talked in, in the very first study that we did in the beginnings is that Jesus has been there since the very beginning. He wasn't, he didn't just come to earth whenever he was baby Jesus. He has been there with God the Father and God the Spirit the whole time. He's not going to change either in the future. He is what we can trust. He sustains us. He is exactly who he says that he is. And he had 12 disciples, y'all. But he calls us to be one also. And one of these upcoming weeks, we're going to really dive into the Great Commission and what it says and why it's geared towards us. But I just want you to know that it does apply to you. Um, but the first thing that the first disciples did, the first 12 that he chose, is that they had to choose him back. They had to say yes. Have you said yes? Have you said, yes, Lord, I will follow you. I will let you teach me, Jesus. I will study you. I will do my homework. I will apply your characteristics to my to myself. Have you chose him? Have you chose him back? Or are you just hearing of him and you're not applying it? And I ask you that because I want you to really think about this right here. If someone spied on you for a whole day, and I don't mean, I mean like a normal day. I don't mean like a go to church and then go sit at your mama's house day. I mean like a day, like your normal day that you're around your normal people, if he spied, if you, he sent spies on to, to you to watch over you, would you look like a follower of him? The way you talk, the way you walk, the way you drive in bad traffic, the way you speak whenever your kids just totally blew up the house that you just cleaned, the way that you treat your husband whenever he's had a bad day and you're mad because you're like, well, you haven't dealt with what I dealt with all day. What, 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 what is going on in your life right now that if someone spot on you, they would be like, yep, she knows Christ. Yeah, yeah, he, he truly is a believer in the one and only. It, are, are people seeing these things in you? 
And not even what they're seeing, y'all, because we know that, that what man thinks is nothing. What is God seeing in you? Because he looks on the heart. What is God seeing in your heart right now? Is he seeing animosity and resentment and hate and anger? Or is he seeing compassion and love and mercy and grace? You know, I just want you to think on that. If someone spied on you, what are, what are they seeing right now? So, since I said that they had to choose him back, we're going to read about the first disciples that Jesus came to. I'm just going to start in 18, and I'll read all the way through 22, okay? This is Jesus calling the very first disciples. And I want you to think about when Jesus called you. When did you feel him press into you and say, I'm the real deal. Come to me. Let me take on your burdens. Follow me. Let me teach you, okay? As Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and his brother Andrew. They were casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come, follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. At once they left their nets and followed him. Going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John. They were in a boat with their father Zebedee, preparing their nets. Jesus called them, and immediately they left the boat and their father and followed him. So this is the very first ones, y'all. He's picking fishermen, right? That's what they're doing for a living. And he sought them out and he came to them. Just like he seeks you out and he comes to you at your job or your, your home or wherever it is that, he, that you, he met you and you met him. Just reflect on that, you know. But what he told them is he says, come follow me. I'm going to teach you how to fish for people. Some, some versions say fishers of men. Do you understand that that's what he had called them to do? The same aspect of what they've always done, but in a different way. Because I need you to know that you have the ability to affect heaven, not just affect earth. When they're fishing for people, well, what does that look like? You know, like, okay, so I think about this past few days. So within the past two days, me and Wesley have either, either been, we fished on the, on the Brazos at the river, fished in a tank. Wesley and Mav went fishing in the ocean, deep sea fishing, you know. All these, different, all these different bodies of water, but they're pulling up all different species of fish. And so whenever we're fishing, whenever you fish, even if it's a place that's familiar to you, there's not always one species or one specific size or one specific look of fish, right? But you don't know what you're going to catch. So when you throw your pole into, into the body of water, wherever it is, you have no idea what you're going to reel in. You know, they caught a shark. They, he's caught a teeny tiny bass within these days, right? All about different locations that he's going to. We go to different locations in our life, in different seasons. Even, even by the week, y'all, we're in different, different places, different atmospheres, affecting different people. And if we put out our, if we throw out our line, what are we fishing for? What, and, you know, I even think about, think about this, y'all. Like, what are we using as bait? What are we putting into the water that somebody's going to want to bite on? You have to know those things. That's why knowing him and letting him teach you how to fish for people is a must. Because he's going to put all these things in us to be able to bring them in. That way he gets the glory for it and he gets to transform their lives just like he did ours. But we have to put, we have to throw our line out. That's why this, it's bigger than you. You need to understand it's so much bigger than you. Other people getting to know Christ and your walk with him, it's not just about you. Yeah, it's great for him to him to repair your marriage and him to help you parent and him to help you make more money and him to bless you and guide you and protect you. 
But you need to understand that why it's so much bigger than you is because it's about the world. It's about the kingdom of God growing and in increase and in abundance based off of how you're living your life. It's so much easier to sacrifice our wants and our desires whenever we know that it affects other people. That's why certain things that may not be a, a horrible sin for me, I don't, I don't struggle with those things, but I don't know which body of water I'm in, that whoever I'm fishing for and who he's using me to fish for, think about that. Like we're just the, we're just the pole. Okay. He, he's the one that reels them in. He's the one that does things, but we are the, the tool that's being used to be able to bring them to him. Right? So it matters. It matters what we're doing and who we're reaching and how we're acting and how we're speaking and the love that he gets to pour through us onto that person. It matters because you don't know who you're drawn in y'all. That's why our stories matter because Whatever he has delivered you from, there's somebody out there that he needs to use you to deliver them from it also. And once you understand that it's so much bigger than you, it's easy to want to do it. It's easy to want to do it. The first time that you see someone's life be able to, to be so much better than what it was before they knew Jesus, you want to do it again. And then you want to do it again. Because it's so fulfilling. And the reason why it is, is because that's our purpose as believers in Christ. That's why it's so fulfilling is because the whole purpose in us believing in him is that others get to know who he is also. He saves us and he redeems us and he reconciles us with the Father. But then he gets to use us to be able to do that for others too. So with that being said, I just want you to also understand the second point about these verses. And it says in verse 20, 420, it says, At once they left their nets and followed him. And then in 22, when he's talking about James and John, he says, and immediately they left and followed him. That, that's an urgency, y'all. It is like immediately, right then, no second guessing, saying, I'm all in. I'm leaving my net. I'm leaving whatever habits I've had. I'm leaving whatever crowd I've been running with. I'm doing that. And it's not as a sacrifice. It's not something we should look at like, oh my gosh, we're missing out. We should do it because we want him above anything else. We want the influence that he's going to pour into us over anything else. We want the impact that he's going to have in our lives more than anything else. Because all the other things he's going to pour on us and bless us. The Bible says that he wants us to have the desires of our heart. But whenever we see those, de those desires through his eyes, it changes the way that we look at things. You're needed and you're wanted by God to grow his kingdom. He wants you. He's chosen you. To believe in him and for him to love on you and for him to be able to grow his kingdom through you. So whenever you ask these questions, now maybe you're thinking like, you know what? I'm ready to fish. I don't know who I'm fishing for or what bait I'm using, but I'm going to seek God about that. And that's awesome. But I want to ask you, you know, the other a few podcasts ago, we ended up talking about people that were around like the top three, right? Well, the reason why I need you to know that you're needed is because whoever those three people were that you named or wrote down, if you did the worksheets, I didn't put those same three people on mine. Your preacher, your pastor, he didn't put those three, same three people on his either because we're all in different circles for different reasons. So you are needed to grow the kingdom of God. You're needed to have an influence to make an impact for him. But the first thing that we say, whenever, especially when we reach people, um, at Bible study last week, one of my friends said, you know what, Shelly, we're all guilty of, of spreading Jesus only to people that, that we know who will receive it. It's the people that we're aware are probably going to reject it that are the hardest to share him with, right? 
And um, you need to know that Jesus understood rejection also. But the first thing that people will say is, oh, I'm good. I believe in God. You believe in God. Okay. So if I asked you right now, I want you to ask yourself as you're listening, like, is that, would that be your answer to that? If someone says, hey, hey, Shell, are you going to go to heaven? And I said, yeah, I believe in God. Well, I just want you to know that James 2.19, that, that, the book of James is amazing. And um, in James 2.19, it says something that I always kind of, whenever I read it, it did seem kind of disturbing to me because it says that even the demons in hell believe and they shudder. The demons in hell, they know who God is and they know his power and they shudder. They're fearful of him. They're like, oh, they know him, but they're not going to dwell in heaven with us, right? So believing in God is great, but believing in Jesus Christ is the, is the factor. John 14, 6, that's what it says. Jesus says, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. So God sending his son, Jesus Christ, as a sacrifice for our sin, understanding that we are sinful people and that we need that sacrifice to cover over all of our iniquities, that is what sends us to heaven, accepting that and believing in that trusting that he is the son of God, having faith in him, understanding that his grace is something that we can never earn. Ephesians 2.8 says that. We can't earn him. We can't earn his love. He gave it to us as a gift. But until we believe that and accept it, we don't receive salvation. Jesus Christ alone is the key to salvation. There's nothing you can do on your own other than choose him and believe in him and put your faith and trust in him. You know, he unlocks that salvation. And once he does, it opens up a whole new door. It opens up a whole new life. That key that he placed in our heart, it, it, it allows us to access so many greater things that our eyes could never even focus on until we have him. You know, being a disciple, we went over those things. You know, being a Christian is having faith in Jesus that he is the son of God. Believing that he died a sinless, he lived a sinless life and suffered on the cross for our sin. But he also rose again, and now he is seated in heaven with the Father. And we have to trust that one day we will be with him in eternity also. That's being a Christian. But there's a difference in being a Christian and being a disciple. All disciples are Christians, but not all Christians are disciples. We can choose to gain all this knowledge and to have it and even to apply it to our own lives. But until we spread the news of Jesus Christ, of the gospel... That's another churchy word. Y'all, gospel is Jesus' life. The four books in the Bible where Jesus is, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, those are the gospels. The Old Testament points to him. And all the books after that reflect on him and what's going to happen in the future. And so you need to understand that when, when you spread the gospel of Jesus Christ, that's being a disciple, not just being a Christian. He's called us to want to reach others. He's called us just like he did to his disciples in the first early churches. They couldn't live forever, so they had to make more disciples, make more disciples, lead more people. And now here we are, 2,022 years later, after Jesus roamed the earth, and we're still talking about him. You want to know why? Because he's still the same today as he was back then. He's still healing. He's still performing miracles. He's still saving lives. And he's going to continue to do that, but he's going to come back, and he's going to get us and rescue us one more time. And I just want for us to know that this whole discipleship, it's bigger than you Bible study. That's what it's going to do. It's going to teach us how to fish for all those people, how to live a life and to reach others that when he comes back, we've got as many people that we love going with us. 
not having no one being left behind. What he did on the cross wasn't to just save us from hell, but it was to it was allow us and to reconcile us to have a relationship with the Father. It was for his ways to be able we, for us to study and to learn from him and fish for more people and to be able to live in accordance with him. That way, we never live in regret of what we didn't do. We understand that's bigger than us and that he wants to use us. Our relationship with Father, with with the Father, can only be achieved through Christ because he is. They all three are one. You know, I think about as a kid knowing the Trinity and what that means, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, right? We went over last last week that the word of God has been with the, with that the whole time. But it's not like it's not like a triangle where God is at the top and then Holy Spirit and Jesus kind of are, are branches of him. No, they're one. They're a circle. They're a unit. They've been together since the beginning, and they will be the same till the end. You know what I'm saying? Like, that is that is where that is, is established, is the Trinity is all one. It's all one. And you can't access one without accessing the other. You can't believe in God, but not know what Holy Spirit is and what His job is. That's a whole other study that I would love to get into, because the Holy Spirit and what He is, is so intriguing, because He's still dwelling here on earth. Jesus is in heaven at the right hand of the Father, and God can't come on earth because he can't dwell where sin dwells. So, with that all being said, I know that was a lot today. Even though it's week one, I want you to understand that I hope that some of this stuff doesn't seem like we've kind of regressed based off the first three weeks, but I just want you to know that one day my prayer is that this be able to reach so many people that they can become confident in their ultimate purpose and believing in Christ. So, I wanted this to be a week one of this particular study. So, with that being said, we're still going to end the way that we always do with our last three questions. The first one's going to be, what do you want others to see in you that resembles Jesus? We talked about people if they looked over our lives for a day. What is it that you're like, you know what, I really hope that they see this in me. Or maybe you're at a season right now where all this is kind of new and you're just like, I don't know if I've really changed yet. I don't know if my habits are there. I don't know if I, I can't even quit cussing for a day. That was me for a long time, guys. I had a filthy mouth, and that's something I have to work at so hard. But what are you having to work at so hard right now? What is that for you? And I hope that you can reflect on some things. Be like, you know what? I know they're going to see me pray over every meal. I hope that they're going to see me pray with my kids before they go to sleep. I hope that they see me get in the Bible, even if it's just for a second, the minute that I wake up. What, what is that? Maybe it's, maybe it's the music you listen to in your car. Maybe instead of listening to the other stuff you used to listen to, maybe they're like, you know what? She's worshiping right there. I see that. You know? Or maybe he's praying over his day before he walks into work. Think about whatever that is. The second question is going to be, who are you fishing for? Are you discipling anybody? Do you want to? Who's lay, who has God laid on your heart to be like, look, I put them in your path for a reason. Fish for them. Let me use you. Here's the bait. Put it in front of them and let me reel them in. Disciple somebody. Think about, too, you know, who, is, who, have, who has been discipling you in your walk? You know, I'm such a believer in that we should have both of those at all times in our life. We should have people that we seek that, that pray over us and for us. You know, that they disciple us. They help teach us and grow our faith in Christ. But we also need to be doing that for somebody, too. It might be a neighbor, a coworker, a niece, or a nephew or a sister. But he's placed someone in your life. The third question is going to be this. 
Can you think of a time where you could have been a disciple, but you just chose to be a Christian? You know, I feel like that's kind of a hard, a hard regret that we always have because just like we read in that scripture, you know, being built on the sand is you're hearing it, but you're not doing it. So if he's called us all to be disciples and he's given us opportunities, but we didn't take it, we don't need to let that happen to us again and live with those regrets continually. When you say, you know what, Lord, I want to be a disciple and I want to draw others into you. I don't want to just hold what, how amazing you have been in my life to myself anymore. I want others to see it and I want to tell them about it and I want them to get to experience it also. I hope you've enjoyed today. In this Bible study, we also have access to all of the worksheets that we're going to be doing. In this, It's Bigger Than You, we're also going to kind of have an additive now to where every week, this isn't just going to be the video that we're going over. I actually give you stuff to do on your own. It's nothing crazy extensive. It's not going to take you five days to get done, but it's going to take about 20 minutes out of your week. And it's got scriptures and a study that you're going to do on your own. So I hope that you guys are accessing this. And if you're just listening to it on the podcast and you want to, please know that you can through YouTube message us. We're going to have all this out for you guys. Let us know ways it might be easier that you're like, you know what? I wish we could have it this way. Um, I pray that you are finding someone to do it with in your own small groups and just know that you have access to us. And more than that, you have access to the Father through Jesus. And I hope you have a great rest of your day. We want to influence you to receive the impact of Jesus Christ.